0: Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. It's it's a great honor to have you on The Intangible. Second episode of The Intangible and I I guess my first question for you is really as as some of the viewers who maybe have researched you might know you you're involved in what's called digital cultural preservation. And that's that's a subject area which is very Unusual, but also very, very important. So could you just talk a little bit about what digital culture preservation is and just that, or in general what your work involves?
1: Yeah, so CYRC is a, a nonprofit organization um, that's been around for around 20 years. We're, we're celebrating our 20-year anniversary next year. Um, and and really kind of our origin, um, we were founded by one of the principal inventors of LiDAR technology. Um, and so, which was initially that technology was used for industrial applications, um, but that, uh, his name was Ben Kasira. He, he wanted to use that 3D data to support the preservation of cultural heritage. And, and at that time, um, he had seen the destruction of the Bamiyan Buddhas in Afghanistan and started SIRC as a way to use 3D recording technologies as a way to support cultural heritage practitioners, archeologists and architects um, in in documenting historic places um, and supporting their conservation. And so we work in in three principal areas in supporting, still supporting conservation and heritage practitioners around the world, um, whether that's through training or going to a certain historic site and assisting with the documentation. Um, And then we also do a lot of storytelling. So using the 3D assets that are produced as a result of the digitization work um, as a a mechanism to um, raise awareness for a specific, specific conservation challenge or raise awareness for a site that's maybe not visited as much as it could be or is not getting the attention that it needs. And so we work a lot with um heritage practitioners and, and cultural heritage sites around the world um on creating storytelling experiences which can be online web experiences or virtual reality experiences using that 3D data that is generated from a project and then the third and final area we work is um, in the, the publishing of the 3D data sets and, and providing open access to data that we collect or that our partners collect and we do that primarily through um, the open heritage 3D repository Um, that we we manage along with several other institutions here in the United States and abroad. Um, So those are the three primary areas. Um, My work as the director of uh, conservation programs, and um, I work a lot with with the sites, making sure that the data that we collect or that our partners collect kind of helps um, support or respond to specific conservation challenges, helping Helping communities understand the level of erosion that the site is experiencing, and using that really detailed three D data as a as a tool um, that can help them um, ensure that these sites are around for for many generations to come.
0: Yeah, and I guess right, that this this idea of three D, and it just really brings almost brings the the object right and what you're trying to preserve it brings it outside of maybe it, it kind of erases a lot of difficulties right and it makes it easier to analyze and easier to see the next steps right like what has to be done
1: yeah i think sometimes we just i just came back from a project in Bangladesh and we were seeing how quickly um uh we did a training program how quickly uh this community could document a site and then produce derivatives like uh, architectural drawings Um, or 3d models that can be used to support a conservation and uh, it is it is pretty quick when you have the right tools and and we were able to produce some results within 48 hours of doing the documentation and so yeah i think that that rapid uh, nature of this um, i think uh you know photogrammetry which is primarily the way that we document sites um, we still use laser scanning but photogrammetry just requires a camera and that can be a cell phone camera or uh, a really high-resolution digital camera. So I think that um, now that people have access, most people have cell phones. They can, they could do photogrammetry and create three D models pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, wow! And it's obviously, it's, this is very innovative, right? Innovative. So, what what does the future really hold with this with this new technology? And I I, I remember when when I was reading some information about SciArc, um, hearing about the the close relation between cultural preservation and actual environmental preservation, right? Of, um, yeah, like global warming and climate change, right? So, what does the future of this technology hold, both in both in terms of cultural preservation, and then I guess if you could also comment in relation to um, global warming and climate change, right?
1: Yeah, I think there's there's some recent projects that that like at the Heritage on the Edge project that we did in yeah. collaboration with Google Arts and Culture, where we were using really the goal of that initiative was to use like really iconic heritage sites that are mm-hmm. are seeing challenges from climate change and use the 3D data as a as a canvas for for explaining the, the mechanisms of um climate change um and in, in those examples, you had changing precipitation patterns. You had um, loss of mangroves. You had erosion and rising sea levels. And so there are some ideas or or concepts related to climate change that were maybe difficult to understand. and And the goal was using those iconic heritage sites and the and the challenges that they were facing due to climate change as a way to educate the public and and kind of raise awareness for why um, people should take actions to to curb emissions or that kind of thing but using these iconic places that that people care about and and what those places mean to local communities and so i think 3d technologies i think there's there's two kind of ways and the ways that what we see is like being able to support understanding of climate change impacts um whether that, that's creating a 3D really accurate 3d model that can Um, inform communities or help them make decisions about places. I think that's an exciting area. And then also in that kind of storytelling arena is using 3D data as as a way, whether that's through virtual reality or augmented reality or online or or mobile applications, as a way to get people to care about um, climate change and and cultural heritage that's being impacted um, by those um, phenomena.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing that I found very common, right? I think education and getting people to care is probably one of the most important aspects of cultural preservation, right? Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's it's cool to see um, that, yeah, these experiences. We're still kind of innovating on how mm-hmm. we, we present uh, 3D cultural heritage data. You can see some examples on our website, like through the Tapestry, which is our online tour platform. But yeah, I think creating something that is... Um, educational but also is engaging it, it's, a, it's a challenge and we've had to sure. kind of look um expand the, the type of people that we hire as an organization Um, as we try and get into these creating educational experiences making sure that that what we're producing is both sensitive to the concerns of our local partners but also kind of serves the needs of, of our goals like if that's educating the public about climate change making sure that we're creating something that that, that meets that need, that, that does help educate the community, but it, that is presented in an interesting and engaging way.
0: So I mean, obviously, there's no question of the advantages of such, of such technology. And in the long run, I'm sure it'll keep on adapting day by day, month by month, year by year. I'm sure it'll get better and more technologically advanced every day. I, if there are any, of course, do you think that there are any disadvantages to, to using this method for cultural preservation?
1: I think like for cultural cultural preservation, is going to need um, like physical, you're going to need to, yeah. to build interventions. And so I think we see um, 3D documentation is just maybe like the first step um, mm-hmm. and maybe helping, helping a community or a group that's working at a particular site understand maybe some of the, the challenges a little better maybe quantify, it can help quantify problems. But really it's it's only the first step in, in a long process if if um the impacts of climate change need to be mitigated or or you need to to actually initiate an intervention to protect a site from climate change impacts. I think we see 3D 3D data, especially if it's in the, the storytelling is just kind of that first step um, of in in the long process of protecting sites for future generations and yeah, it's exciting to see how technology evolves and um, how you can create three D models quickly, even with any kind of camera, with with new advancements in software. But I think um, there there there's going to be a lot more steps involved. I think a lot of, of our, our documentation projects are really just the first and and many and many actions that need to be taken um, to protect the place. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you uh, do you have any specific maybe projects that S- SciArc is working on maybe now or previous that have really stood out previously that have re- really stood out to you maybe one or two you could mention?
1: Sure, um, I think this project that I just got back from yesterday um, in Bangladesh is um, it's funded by the ALEF Foundation, which is a a, a grant making organization that works in in areas. Um, affected by conflict and so in this particular project uh we were looking at how climate change can be kind of one of the precursors to conflict or something that um sets up the conditions for conflict and and that there are um challenges posed by climate change and so in in this particular program it was a capacity building program and, and a training um Work and this was only the the most recent of a number of of trainings, both virtual and in person, that we provided to uh, several universities in Bangladesh. And that project was super exciting because the the students um, on this on this past project were able to demonstrate what they learned and, and documented two historic sites in in just 48 hours and produced these these drawings. And so what we did was simulate. Um, a natural disaster, like a a cyclone had come in and uh, the community needed really accurate 3D documentation to inform a restoration project. And so um, the students mm, planned a project, documented the site, processed the data and created the deliverables all within 48 hours. So I think that was a really exciting um, example of one of our training programs or our workshop programs. that that provide training in 3D documentation technologies. And I think it showed just how how quick one of these um, 3D documentation projects can be executed. Um, Another good one, if we're focusing on climate change, is the Heritage on the Edge project, which looked at five um, sites, uh, World Heritage sites affected by climate change. And again, that's more on the other kind of project where it's supporting the storytelling. And so Mm -hmm. that, Most of the the products of that project were an online um, page on Google Arts and Culture that talked, um, which had many numerous interviews, um, 3D models and photos that kind of helped communicate the the challenges being posed by climate change to these five World Heritage sites, and also what the loss of these places means to local communities and and what you can do to help, and so that was really more in that kind of other vein of using 3D documentation and digitization as a as a way to um, you know encourage action by 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 different members of the public.
0: Yeah, and I think I think what you said about the project in Bangladesh about like the speed, right? I think that's something that many people oftentimes don't consider when thinking about cultural preservation because some natural disasters or even I was talking um, with someone who worked in in during wartime, was preserving culture in wartime there's some some things that can change in the blink of an eye rapidly. So I think that just goes to show how important this new technology is and just preserving such important culture in in days and I'm sure that that number will decrease as as we go on. so that's just really important yeah and i i guess kind of shifting topics I, there's this there's this question that uh, that i've heard a lot which is and i'd like to hear your your opinion on this which is the question is like what what should all types of cultures be preserved and by that i mean there's some there's some types of culture that are offensive to groups of people and other and maybe or some people don't think they're they're important anymore. And specifically what I have in mind was like Confederate statues in Southern United States and all the the conflict between, should we tear these down? Should we keep these because they're a work of art and obviously um, understand the implications, but keep them maybe outside of the public eye just because of what they mean, or even maybe not as, as political as that. Um, and not as controversial as that. Do you think that um, just in, in general, an artifact or something that really has no use to its current community, for example, if some an, a, a previous culture had left their own artifact somewhere, and a new culture came and years later it, the culture the artifact doesn't really mean anything to the new community, right? So, what's your opinion? Should all types of cultures be preserved?
1: I think like when when we're developing a project we're we're a nonprofit and so we all of the work that we do has to to require funding and so most often the way that we do projects is by applying with a community to do some kind of documentation effort um, and so that usually requires the buy-in from from a community organization and so um yeah or or we identify a funding source and then we reach out to the community to see if they're interested in, in documenting a place. As as far as documenting all types of cultural heritage, I think yeah, I oftentimes the places that we document um are not iconic places, I think they're they're just sometimes people's homes, but I think what's really cool about the work that more recent work that we've done is that you, through the stories of these places from the people that maybe live nearby them or have a personal connection to it, you learn why these places are um, are important to local communities. I think we, we documented um, a, a state park here in the United States, or a national park, excuse me. Uh, a national monument, and which is just a simple home, but it was the home of of Cesar Chavez, who was a, a, a labor activist in the United States. And there's a simple home; it's not a it's not the pyramids, it's not uh the Pantheon, and but it's a, a simple one-story home. And um, but it's really the stories that are told through that medium that um, you you appreciate that place so much more. Um, when you layer on those different layers of meaning and and what happened in that place, and so I think, yeah, it doesn't have to be um, something monumental um, or even affiliated with an important individual, but yeah, stories of individuals who lived there, um, even if it's just a family connection, I think uh, you learn you can learn a lot about places through through adding on those different layers of meaning. Um, yeah, I think. It's certainly not possible, like as our organization to document every type of place. And so I think that's why we focus a lot on, on capacity building and, and training and, and being open in our methods. And, and we hope that um, if a community is inspired to, to protect a place that maybe um, will be torn down, um, at least having something virtually um, that they can go back and look at um, might be a, a, a useful resource in the future. And so a lot of, in the United States, a lot of um, development projects require some kind of mitigation efforts. And so I think that's an area where maybe 3D documentation could be used. um, If a place is going to be um, destroyed due to uh, changing land use patterns or um, a development project, you could have a 3D model done um, to document that point in time, what that place looked like
0: yeah well thank you so much thank you so much i mean it's been great having you having you on and it's been amazing so thank you so much
1: no problem have a great week today happy to help